Welcome to 10 Minute Country, episode 37, the Lanco Special. Yes, today, everybody, we are talking to one of the uh, rarities in country music, uh, a band. Uh, there aren't many bands around, Zach Brown, Old Dominion, um, I can't think of them anymore, Eli Young Band, maybe. Uh, there's lots of trios, lots of vocal groups, like Little Big Town, Lady A, Midland, Pistol Annies, but there aren't many bands around in country music, and that's one of the questions I'm going to be asking um, Lanco today. So uh, they're touring the country right now, played London last night as I record this, and uh, Birmingham is next, and um, it's a privilege to be able to speak to such a talented and friendly bunch of people. So without further ado, here comes the Lanco chat. <laughs> now, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a nice sound effect. Yeah, <laughs> reverb. <laughs> how are you guys? Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thrilled to be speaking to you this afternoon. Thanks for giving us your time. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Uh, jet lag or okay? Jet lag hard. <laughs> it's weird. We've been over here a few days. For some reason, I don't know if we had a show last night. Yep. And all that adrenaline, like... We had an adrenaline surge or whatever, but we're today for some reason day three we're kind of struggling. Yeah, I I think I always find because I I've been to the states and back a, a fair few times, and I always find that it's always day two and three that's the worst. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was getting I was getting a little arrogant. I was like, oh, I'm not jet lagged. I'm good this time. And today, <laughs> I'm for saying that. Well, it's great to have you back um, over here. We were at the show last night, the London show. Oh, great. Thank you. And uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, and it's great to have you back because it was C2C that you were here for last, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. That seems a long while ago now. Do you have fond memories of that one? We do. It's, you know, this whole lifestyle, there are times where things seem like 10 years ago and then times where it seems like yesterday. Yeah. Uh, depending on depending on the day. But um, we love C2C. I mean, we were, it, honestly, C2C is the reason we're back here. We really didn't know what to expect we didn't know how it would go over um and c to c went so well for us and so many people came out and were singing along that it it, it was one day we the fact the first day being here c to c i was telling our team we got to get back here as yeah yeah and bring a full tour here I, I saw a couple of your performances the indigo one particularly stuck in my mind it's such an energetic energetic bunch thank you thank you well it's, it's easy with we were honestly expecting to play for like 10 people. <laughs> so the fact that, you know, that many people came out who were not only coming out but singing along, it just it, it gives you energy for sure. Yes. And, and I suppose lots happened to you in the year that it's been since then as well. Has it passed in a blur or have you been able to enjoy it? It has been a blur that we have enjoyed. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's, it's been a lot. We've definitely been hanging on. Uh, <laughs> um but it's it's been great. It's I mean it's been great. It's everything that you ever dreamed of, everything that you ever asked for. You can't complain about. You know, it's just it's been a lot. It's it's been something. It's it's good to be in a band because you get to help each other. Yes. From you know, kind of like if you're not thinking about it, someone else will say like, "This is crazy," and then it makes you think about it. And it's, so we've all been going through it together and, and just having the time of our life. And you, you, you've toured with Dirks and Brothers Osborne and, and Luke Combs and stuff and some, you know, some big acts. What, what have you learned over the past year from touring with guys like that? Um, I think we've learned something different from, from all of them, honestly. Um, I could go down the line. I mean, Dirks, Dirks is just a, 
pro. You know, he's been doing it for years, and I think that he really showed us that even on a tour that level with that many people that are a part of it, that you can still make it feel like a family on the road. You right. Can make it feel like a, you know, you're kind of home away from home. Yes. Uh, and just be kind to everyone and, and be invested in everyone. Um, brothers are great. Just, they're just such great musicians. They keep you accountable. Make sure that you're you're playing well. Yeah. Uh, Luke, you know, Luke is being out. Luke, uh, it has been wild just because we've been coming up with him. Uh, we we saw him play years ago in a bar to like thirty people. Yes. Um, so you know, to to be touring around with him in these arenas, um, and just having these arenas sing both you know our songs and his songs, it's just uh, it, it's cool. It, it makes you really excited for the future and, and excited where he's going, excited where we're going. It's, so yeah. And did did Dirks make you get in the ice bath? Uh, let, uh, he kind of made us. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, then Trip latched onto us, so Trip, I think, got addicted to doing I could use an ice bath right now to beat his jet lag. Wow. It's Myself. not, it's not something I fancy doing, to be honest. Yeah, we're split on it in the band. We, <laughs> we agree on a lot of stuff. That, I think that might be the biggest disagreement we've had in the band. Was <laughs> the well, of ice bath. Well, look, talk, talking about arenas and, and your sound, I, the first time I heard Hallelujah Nights, I was like, this album is meant for arenas. It's got such an anthemic feel to it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, it's funny, because we were as far away as you can get from arenas. When yes. Album. <laughs> um, but it, it's, been, it's been... I remember making it, and I remember even when we got our mixes back and listening to the record and, and kind of thinking the same thing. Um, which we didn't mean to do. We didn't, I don't know if you dream of going to arenas, but that's such a crazy, the chance of that happening, you just know that's a tough thing. But I'm very thankful that, that um, it is a lot of anthemic music. It's, it's a lot of music that, that you can hear being, you know, sat, you can hear lots of people. Yes. And so we've, we've been very fortunate that the album led us there for sure. What What you've done really well for me is mixing that sort of, uh, authentic country sound with the sort of Coldplay-esque backing vocals. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I don't know, I think, you know, being a band, I think that you want it to feel like a group of people on the album. You know, you want it to feel like there's a room full of guys. Um, yes. And, you know, that you can kind of join the party with them if you want. So that's, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting you noticed that. That was kind of a thing, you know, our home base is country music, but we have influences that we thought would be interesting, uh, to, to merge with, with our country backgrounds and, and country music. And so, uh, yeah. And I, I hear it on rival probably more than any other, because what the first time I heard rival, I was like, that is the most country song that Lanco have done. And then, then there's the anthemic chorus and it just takes it off in a slightly different direction as well. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a, I think you nailed it. I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, that song, we, we've been working on a lot of songs, and we actually were out on tour with Luke Combs playing arenas, you know, playing anywhere to ten to 15,000 people, and debuting a few new songs, and, um, you know, that song starts out with this really cool banjo kind of yeah, yeah. riff, and then goes into this thing where, you know, it's this anthemic thing we want people to rally around, and, and um, debuting it in arenas and hearing, you know, a whole arena sing a song, you know, I'd teach them the chorus or teach them... <laughs> And by the end of the song, you had the whole arena singing it, and it was like, okay, this is a, I think this is going to work. Yes. <laughs> that definitely helped in our decision to put it out. 
And um, what was the? Have you had that song in your locker for a while, or is it a relatively new song? We uh, we wrote that song. I guess it was uh, last summer, uh, going into the fall. Right. Uh, we were on tour with Dirt. Brandon, I had this drum beat. This is a trip, by the way. I had this drum beat that I was pretty stoked on that I wanted to kind of write a song around. So. Um, started singing this melody. Brandon had an idea for it, and uh, we we made a little track in the back of our bus. We had a little studio set up back there, yeah. and uh, it just started kind of taking a life of its own. You know, we uh, when we wrote it, it was like, oh, this is a cool song, man. This felt good, to right? And then we played it a couple days later at Soundcheck, and the guys uh, started adding their uh, flavor to it, and all <laughs> of a sudden uh, it started formulating. So, um, yeah, man, it, it was one of those, you know. One of those songs that just kind of takes on a life of its own. And you, you, you guys write with a lot of inclusivity. I, I always felt Hallelujah Nights was full of sort of youthful optimism and, and inclusivity. Songs like We Do and Singing at the Stars and, and Middle of the Night. And, and Rival fits in with that, but it feels a little bit like an older, wiser version of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think but, uh, since, this, since our last record, I think the five of us have grown a lot. Um, you know, both personally and musically. And so I think, I mean, yeah, we've always been, um, inclusivity has been really important to us. And we have a, the five of us and, and our friends back at home, we've got this great community around us. So it's always been a big thing. But um, so I think that'll always be something that's in our music, but I'm glad to hear you say that you can hear it. It's like a, a wider version. It's, it's funny you also say that because when I really think about it, I can't say... There is growth there because Rival is not a song that would have been written for the first record. No, I get you, yeah. It, it was a, because in the first record is the idea of like, hey, let's all be together in this, let's all unite, let's all um, cheer for each other. And then the reality of life is you realize that maybe everyone doesn't want to cheer with you. <laughs> yeah. Everyone isn't on your side. And, and that's not just a thing for us, that's everyone, whether you work a job or you're a student. Not everyone's always going to be on your side, and, and so what if we write a song for people to have when that happens, you know, because we've felt that way before, and yes. everyone has felt that way, and so um, that was definitely a, a song that, that has developed from our life experiences, and, and not even just in music, just our own lives, and so, um, yeah, it definitely is a, a song in our growth. And it's sort of, do you, get a lot of, do you get a lot of negative voices on social media? I can't imagine that you do, but I mean, I suppose everybody must do. <laughs> what's funny is I, I, you do and the thing the saddest thing about social media is I remember you know we were joking about uh, we uh, something that we had done and it was getting like ripped apart yes but we were joking about it getting ripped apart on Twitter we were like man people are so mean <laughs> and I was like let's actually count how many bad things were said yeah out of like hundreds of comments yeah yeah there were six but you focus on those six, don't you? Six people said a bad thing, but those six people get in your head. And I think that's something that all society... And a song written about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the society is dealing with is that you have people all around you that are rooting for you and that are cheering for you and that are happy to see you. But there's going to be one, two, three, four, five people, six to be exact, that yeah. don't want to be nice or don't want to... And, and something... We're learning as a society, I think, to, to recognize that and, and live in that reality and not let it bring you down. And I suppose it, 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 the more successful you get, the more negative voices will come after you. 
Yeah, if you, I mean, yeah, that's, and I think it's a percentage thing. If you have 600 bad things said about you, that means I guarantee you that thousands and thousands and thousands of good yes. things are said about you. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, did, you, did you feel a pressure? Because the, the new material is coming is, uh, quite quickly, isn't it? It's only been 15 months since Hallelujah Nights came out. Did you feel a pressure to supply new material? Because we're quite content-driven as fans these days, aren't we? Yeah, 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 for sure. I'd say yeah. one of the things too that just becomes very apparent, you know, going into new material in your second record is um, how much busier you are um, with your touring schedule and everything going on. How much uh, harder it is to come up with the time to yes uh, be creative, and you have to just kind of be a lot more intentional and kind of re- you know look at it in a different way. I suppose it's that difficult second record syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not a a superstitious thing. It's a a reality of, of, you know, it's just the reality of of, um, realizing that you've had something that's worked and then it's just very easy to get in your head and want to replicate whatever, try and figure out what it is that made it work when really the thing that worked was the fact that you just got in there and you were honest and you had fun and you just made music the way you wanted to make music and training yourself to just keep doing that. Yeah. That's a difficult thing for acts to do as on their second record, but it, it's something that we've tried to support each other. And it's like, you know what? The, our big breakthrough hit on the first record that made people pay attention was Greatest Love Story. And we never talked about what we were going to do on that song. We just started doing it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, training yourself to keep doing that and and can you see a theme and pattern emerging in the new songs is there a, a that older wiser thing coming through yeah yeah there is i mean there's still you know we're, we're still young relatively and and um we still have you know a bit of that youthful optimism but there also is um there's more reality we've faced more things we face more challenges and we want to put that on the record for sure so i i think right now I could go song by song on the tracks that we have, and I could see like, oh, that's that's definitely a good old like rally around something and optimistic. And then there's things where it's like, okay, that's pretty honest. That's like, yes, that's something that you're dealing with that you were not dealing with on the first record. And so, um, I, you know, we're trying to blend those two worlds. And um, have you got an ETA on it, or are you just going to wait and see how Rival does? Um, we, yeah, I, we don't have a real ETA. I mean, I. We, we're going back in the studio a few more times this year for sure um, and we already have music that we're really proud of We it, it's hard you don't want to wait too long you, you, you don't want to overthink it but you also want to make sure that when you put out a body of work it's right sure yeah yeah so, I think we're getting close, but we don't have a, a true ETA because we're going to see you back here for the long road in uh, September aren't we yes yeah and uh, I was wondering whether there might be something out by then but it's all up in the air I suppose yeah there there will I would like to see more music be put out by then, but I just don't know if it's a full album. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, con- I wanted to congratulate you on your ACM win. Thank you very much. That was, uh, you know, well-deserved, best new group and duo, and uh, it was great seeing all the videos of you guys around the event as well. Does that industry affirmation mean a lot to you? Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I would hope that when people are, are pursuing music or learning to play guitar or whatever it is, that they're not doing it to try and win an award because that's kind of weird. But yes. it is a thing that when it does happen and you are, you do get something like an ACM. Um, 
you really do appreciate that you can step back and, and all the hard work you put in and all the dreams you've had. You realize that not only do you love it and appreciate it, but there's other people that are paying attention. And not only are they paying attention, they, they actually affirm what you're doing and they believe in it as well enough to give you a vote. And so uh, it, it really is a special thing. It, you do, it makes you feel, um, it does make you feel acclimated. It makes you feel, uh, I don't know, like you're just on the right track. Yes. Did you um, did you um, have sort of losers' faces prepared, or did you have an inkling you might win? Yeah, uh, I, you know, we don't want to get too cocky about anything. So <laughs> I think that uh, I think the face is just we're happy to be there. <laughs> That's our constant face, and then if we win something. We'll have another face on top of the happiness. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see somebody one time like storm off just for a joke. You know, we have, we've actually talked about that. We were like, you know, if we didn't win. How hilarious would it be if we just like started like making faces? <laughs> yeah, and made a big scene. But uh, we don't really feel that way. So yeah, I, I would like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's great to see you on the Brooks and Dunn album as well. That's my favorite album of the year so far. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we man, that was a. Wild that we. I remember getting the call to do that and just being so honored. I mean, you know, we, you know, they're a duo, we're a band. Like anything that's a group, we look up to, and and we've covered their songs in our sets, and we've listened to their albums for hours on hours on road trips, and so <laughs> we, they're just heroes of ours. And so to be able to see our name next to theirs, was, yes, it's crazy. They would be good if they ever go out back on a proper tour again. They would be a good support to, to oh, grab, wouldn't they? Yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would love that. I mean, just being in the studio with them, and they're just—they still have that same passion and fire. They're such—they're—they're they're just great musicians, and um, yeah, they—they they were everything I, I had hoped for and more. And I love the way that whole record turned out. Yes. Did you get much input into choosing the song, or was that song suggested for you? No, we did. They, I mean, we had a—you um, know—some of the songs were already taken, but I mean, we had a list. We honestly had a list of like all their songs. They were very cool about oh, cool. it. Oh, um, cool. And we kind of, you know, they, well, people for now that, that sound, the Brooks and Dunn sound, it's so country to everyone. But really, when you look back at it, they were really, they were innovators. They were blending this kind of rock and roll, this yes. blues thing with country. And Mama Don't Get Dressed Up, you know, it's a, it's a real blend of this rocking kind of blues riff with this country lyric, which is yeah. a blending of influences back then, the same way you're talking that we've blended influences. And so I, I just thought it sounded like, if Lanco was making a song in the '90s, this is this maybe is what it would have sounded. That's as a good choice, a good choice for a band and, and to let the guitars go as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, speaking of bands, the, I'm often intrigued as to why there are not more bands in country music. I, I sort of started writing, you know, yourself, Zach Brown, Old Dominion, Eli Young band, and then I started scratching my head. Do you have any idea why that is? Uh it. Yeah, it's not a very sexy answer. Uh, <laughs> I think it, I actually think a lot of it is logistics. I think that um, in Nashville, there's just so much music. There's so many people to play for. Right. Um, that even when this band started, it's like, because you make no money when you're starting out a band. I mean, uh, you're yeah. splitting everything and, and it's, and you have to keep booking gigs to just pay for everyone, where if you're a solo artist, you can just play a few gigs that make sense. Yes. And then your guitar player can go play for someone else if he wants to. And then if you lose him, you can just get another one. It's really hard to, to keep a bunch of guys together. And I think that um, the reason we were able to do it was because of friendships. And so it's hard enough to start a band and then to start a band where everyone is friends and gets along. It's, the odds are kind of stacked against you. Um, but if you can do it, it's, 
there's a chemistry there and an influence and a, a collaboration thing that that makes bands really cool. Yes, I've never thought about the actual logistics of of paying everybody and and the that the way you described it. That's quite interesting. Neither did we before we did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only reason we were really able to do it is because there was this cheap house out on the outskirts of town, and there were like eight people living in it, and so literally rent was like less than a hundred dollars a month. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and people were sleeping in the kitchen, sleeping in the. Uh, uh, in the living room, down in the basement, sunroom. in the sunroom, and Eric turned the you know the attic into a bedroom. And so I think that we just kind of put our heads down for a while, and we're okay with not making money and kind of living on the road when we're homesteading that. And I think that a lot of people aren't willing to do that. Yes. Well, I'm pleased it worked out for you. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's great it's great to have you back in the country and it will be super great to have you back at long road in september as well yes we're looking forward to it so th- th- thanks ever so much uh, for giving up your time I've, it's a, i've really enjoyed talking to you guys likewise thank, thank you, you for the right. great questions thanks. no no problems and, and have a great rest of tour thanks thank you so much all right take care yeah bye-bye what a great set of lads Lanco are, aren't they? I, lo- I love doing interviews and I love talking to musicians who are, who are passionate about what they do and, and have put so much thought into what they do. You know, Lanco's songs, particularly on Hallelujah Nights, you know, you, you could very easily go, oh, it's just a bunch of lads making some music, you know, singing at the stars um, and Troublemaker and, um, you know, those sort of songs. But there's a, there's a real thought and a real passion and a real skill um, gone into the music they make, and I think they are destined for a huge, huge future. So uh, catch them if you can right now on the UK tour, uh, and if you can't, they'll be back on the Saturday of Long Road in the first weekend in September, and uh, you know get out there, stream, buy, shout about Rival because I do think that's one of my favourite songs of the year so far. Uh, thanks for listening. It's been twenty-two minute country this week. I've been James Dakin. <laughs>